Welcome to The Lawyerist Podcast, a series of discussions with entrepreneurs and innovators about building a successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. Lawyerist supports attorneys building client-centered and future-oriented small law firms through community, content, and coaching, both online and through the Lawyerist Lab and Accelerator. And now, here are the co-authors of The Small Firm Roadmap and your podcast hosts. Hi, I'm Laura Briggs. And I'm Aaron Street, and this is episode 292 of the Lawyerist Podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network. Today, we're talking with some Lawyerist Lab members about some of the challenges they're facing in their small firms. Today's podcast is brought to you by Lex Reception, Text Expander, Case Text, and Back Office Betties. We wouldn't be able to do this show without their support. Stay tuned. We'll tell you more about them later on. I feel like I haven't been on the podcast in a super long time, so it's fun to be back with you, Laura. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that we're having you on the show again. It does seem like it has been a while, so I'm excited to chat with you a little bit about something that we use here at Lawyerist that could possibly be helpful for law firms as well, and that's the way that you think about some of the two primary roles within your business from the EOS model from the book Traction. So I was hoping you'd share a little bit about that. Sure. So as I've mentioned a number of times on past episodes long, long ago, uh, Lawyerist has been um, using the EOS business management system, the entrepreneurial operating system that's outlined in the book Traction. We've been doing it for three or four years now. Um, and as Laura mentioned, one of the primary leadership distinctions in the EOS model is noting the roles of what EOS calls the visionary versus the integrator. And the idea is that a visionary entrepreneur is someone whose kind of primary skills and mindset are mostly around big picture, long-term thinking. They're often someone who is just full of creative ideas and coming up with new things to try and innovate around or big ideas they want to do and pursue um, and are often thinking years in the future as far as where their entrepreneurial drive is, which is distinct from what EOS calls the integrator, which is kind of the day-to-day -day operations person. So someone who's really interested in making sure the systems run on time, that people are following procedures, that projects are being managed to deadline, that details are being followed. And in the EOS world, a really healthy small business is one that both acknowledges the distinction in those two roles and actually finds people who are great at both so that you can have both on your team. And it lays out a whole number of ways that those two people can then work effectively together. But it starts with kind of identifying you as your small firm owner, which of those two mindsets or drives is your core, and then maybe trying to supplement with someone else with the other. That's what I wanted to ask you about. If you are most likely a solo or even a small firm owner, but you've been wearing both of those hats up to this point, is it about which one you feel more comfortable with, which one you have more experience with? How do you kind of decide which half of this am I keeping and which half needs to be handed off to somebody else? Yeah, it's a super good question that doesn't have necessarily <laughs> easy answers. Right. From my perspective, both in having 
led these questions at Lawyerist for a number of years and now working with hundreds or thousands of law firms around the country with similar challenges. I think it has to start simply with the self-awareness of identifying who's in your firm and what their skills are and how that maps to these different roles. And so you can, there are free online quizzes you can take through EOS that help you identify, are you a visionary or are you an integrator? That concept is kind of more deeply laid out in the book Rocket Fuel that includes those integrator and visionary quizzes. And those can be a really effective way to just kind of generate the self-awareness of, oh, it turns out I thought I was this, but really my motivations live more in visionary. There are some people who are strong in both. I more or less happen to be one. And so for two of the last three years, I held both seats. And we eventually realized at Lawyerist that even if I was capable of doing both, that it was spreading me too thin and that the company could get a lot more future growth by separating those duties out. And so Stephanie and I have for the last year or so been trying to segment the work we do based on the fact that she is now the integrator of the company. And that means I've given up and delegated more and more and more of the day-to-day details that I used to hold on to. And that's freed me up to spend more time thinking about big picture, long-term industry changing things that if I was also balancing the accounting records and covering payroll and managing the team and figuring out whether we're hitting our deadlines, I just didn't have the capacity to put time and energy into. So once you discover which one you're going to lean more towards and that you might need to hire somebody else or perhaps test somebody on your team to see if they're a good fit for the opposite role, is that done through the way that they would answer certain interview questions? Are there exercises or homework assignments that you should create based on the role that you're trying to fill? Yeah. I mean, in an EOS world, you want to start with figuring out what functions your firm or company need and then figuring out who either on your current team or someone who's not on your team might fit into those things as opposed to the more common small business management practice of knowing you've got eight people on your team and trying to figure out where they should go or what they should do. And one of the kind of starting points in implementing EOS and Lawyerist Lab teaches our law firm version of all of this is start with the org chart rather than with the suite of people you currently have. And so in this integrator visionary question, it's figure out what you currently have and what you need. And so if you are a founder visionary and what you need is an operations integrator, then you may very well have that person on your team. But if you don't, a definition of kind of what skills or experiences that person might need to bring to the table can be pretty clearly defined. And then it's just a simple hiring process. And in a small law firm, that could look like you partnering with a lawyer who has a different operational minded skill set. It could mean hiring an office manager, but giving them different authority than a lot of lawyers would give their office manager, recognizing I really need someone to own the integrator function of this firm. And so they are going to own 
the day-to-day operations of my firm or a managing partner. There are lots of ways to solve for that. I think the harder one is if you, as either a solo or the owner of a firm without other partners, live in the integrator spot and you're lacking in a visionary visionary tends to be a harder one to just hire because that is more often the person who is kind of an entrepreneurial person. And so it's hard to hire an entrepreneur. Potentially, you can partner with another lawyer who you know has an innovative entrepreneurial mindset as one possibility, but that's a harder one to post a job for. Well, we've mentioned a number of great resources here in the introduction, and you can find those in the show notes. Now we've got a brief sponsored conversation with Bree Swanson from Lex Reception and then Stephanie's conversation with Lawyerist Lab members. If listening to this episode leaves you intrigued about the coaching we offer, please visit lawyerist.com lab to get more information. Hi, I'm Bree with Lex Reception. Welcome back to the podcast. I know we've talked a lot on the podcast in the intros and otherwise about how COVID has really changed and shifted things. But now that we're heading back to school, I think it's reopened all new conversations about how do you work remotely? How do you manage your firm from home? So I'm hoping we can chat a little bit about some of your insights around that. Absolutely. As the leader of a brand, I'm continuing to see how COVID is really changing and impacting everything. Um, Here at Lex, we've been able to work from home since pretty much the creation back in 2012. So working from home and remotely isn't new for us. However, trying to navigate a pandemic while trying to help businesses thrive, even while working from home, has definitely had its challenges and opportunities because business owners are scared right now, Laura. There is so much unknown. Things are really up in the air. So here at Lex, we've seen actually really great months lately, which is we're in a terrible time. So, but because we're seeing great months, it means that we're able to help law firms and we're still helping them even during these hard times. That's awesome. Are there any new challenges that you are trying to work through right now? Yeah, I think you kind of touched on it. The biggest thing that's top of mind for us and for me being a parent right now and so many of my team members and clients who are also parents is really trying to figure out what remote learning is going to look like as we head back into fall. Trying to reorganize and shuffle our lives yet again due to COVID. We're trying to support our families and trying to balance our businesses as well. So Even yesterday morning, I was having a chat with our CEO, who's also a parent to a six-year-old little girl, and we were talking about how our schedules are going to shift and how we're going to break that up to be able to support our kiddos going back in just a couple of weeks. So it's been really interesting as a business leader trying to support my team during this time and also our clients trying to come up with solutions. Um, The answer in both cases has been creativity and flexibility. With my teams, we've been able to kind of like I talked about with my CEO, shift our schedules around. So working a little bit earlier in the morning and then taking off some time to dedicate in the middle of the day for kiddos and schoolwork and then come back late afternoon and early evening. I've also heard a lot of our clients doing similar things. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We've had some people on the lawyerist team doing that as well, just to kind of be accommodating. And, you know, whether you're a single parent or whether you're at home with somebody else who's working remotely, kind of tag teaming that process. What are some of the things you're seeing from your clients at Lex Reception? So we've been getting calls from our clients who are attorneys, and they're really rethinking their office hours. Um, I actually talked with a client last week who's used us for years and she's always used us after hours, never during normal hours. And she actually called me in a bit of a panic. I signed her up. So she's got my personal phone number and she was wanting to actually cancel our service. She said, my kiddo's going back to school next week. I'm going to need to hire somebody full time to handle all of the phone calls. And we right away discussed our ability to just add some scripts and turn on call forwarding during normal business hours so she could focus on her kiddo and not have to like add the overhead of hiring a new staff member. So all we really did was add some scripts to be able to handle her calls during the day. And it was crazy because I felt like I could hear her shoulders relax during the calls that we had. So it was really, that was a big win because she can now like send us her calls during normal business hours in addition to after hours. So she can feel like at any time she can unplug and focus on her kiddo. Wow, that's awesome. And I'm sure that's probably not the only client that you've had that has realized, hey, I've got to pivot. I've got to figure out something different too. You know, it's been really great connecting with clients during this time. I'll have one more story of um, a couple of gentlemen who have been our client for over four years now. They're best friends. They own a law firm in the South. And this past month, They gave us a call and they asked us to do some outbound calling for their firm. So their admin who was doing that previously could focus on all of her other tasks that she was hired to do and is paid to do. So we were just checking in on their call volume and their minutes. And just to put this in perspective, we're filming this on August 18th. So about halfway through their first month, and already they've sent us over 200 outbound calls to make. So they're using more minutes than ever. Their firm is still growing. It's still thriving. And their admin is doing the work that she actually was hired to do. So that's exciting. We've been able to get really creative with our clients' phone calls and scripts. And again, it's not really anything new for us here at Lex. We've always had that flexibility, but it's exciting for us now because our clients are coming to us with problems to solve. And it feels really great to be able to support them with different options to find a solution. Wow, that's awesome. So we're all kind of on this you know, journey together. We're all sort of working towards that same process of trying to figure out what the new normal looks like. Any other final thoughts about what it's going to be like going back to school? Ultimately, going back to school without an actual school, a brick and mortar is going to be challenging. There's going to be a lot of unknowns, but not impossible. And as long as businesses can put tools and processes in place so they can truly unplug and be able to be there with their kiddos during this time, it will work. So I think at this time, like more than ever, it feels like a deeper connection that we're gaining with our clients because the conversation are about more than just business. It's about family, which I know for many of us, myself included, 
our business is like our baby. But now is the time to shift our focus to being able to support our families and transition back into school in the fall. But it doesn't have to be a choice of do I propel my business or do I help support my family? We can do both. And here at Lex Reception, we genuinely have a heart for helping firms thrive. And I would just love to continue this conversation if anybody is interested or if they feel like Lex might be able to kind of fill some gaps. Awesome. Well, if you're looking to pivot and figure out how Lex can help you with some of the challenges you're facing now and make sure that your firm is still a success and you've got that great balance between what you need to be doing at home for your family and for work, visit LexReception.com slash lawyerist for more information. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our mastermind group today. You know how this works. So let's kick it off with an intro. I would love to hear your wins and the issue opportunity you're bringing to the group this week. So Jeff, let's kick it off with you and then you get to call on the next person. I'm Jeff Huyen at Yesterday Huyen LLP. Uh, We're a small rural first full service law firm. And I focus my practice on helping businesses and business people. My wins, personal win, is just that uh, over the 4th of July holiday, I got to take some time off, spend some time with family and friends, of course, in small groups and socially distancing, but uh, it was good, relaxing time. Professional win is I have successfully reconciled my bank accounts. Uh, We converted to new practice management and accounting software at the beginning of the year, and our assistant does the bookkeeping has been using QuickBooks and the new program at the same time because she's not comfortable with the new one. And she'd been reconciling QuickBooks, but not the new program. So I got that all caught up. So hopefully we can make a full transition to the new software and and dump the old redundant uh, programs. My issue is, you know, I I was thinking through, I know Stephanie's going to ask what does help look like? And I'm not sure how much anybody in the group can help. Uh, My issue right now is that three attorneys in the firm, we've all been able to take some time off over the last couple of weeks, especially, and we have been doing a great job setting out our annual goals and quarterly priorities for the coming quarter. And then with everybody taking time off, we kind of lost focus on that. So we really just need to regroup and get back to work on the progress we were making. So my issue is just kind of refocusing. Uh, If anybody has any tips or strategies on that, I'd love to hear it. But I think it's more of just us getting to work. Let's see. uh, Rebecca, you're right in the middle of my screen. So you can go next. All right. Sounds good. So I'm Rebecca Ritchie, uh, Cetus Law Group. We're a family law firm in San Diego, California, helping individuals with divorce, custody, all those family law issues on a flat fee basis. So my personal when is I got a new refrigerator. It was a long thought five-day battle <laughs> to get it the old one out and the new one in. So I'm very excited about that. For business, like we finally finished the automation of our intake. So when people from start to finish, like their first contact with us till they sign up as a client is like pretty well automated now, takes very little effort from anyone in the firm. And so that's saving us hours and hours of time. And I'm really excited about that. My issue is trying to figure out how to cope with the uh, unknown middle decisions. So I'm still really good and set on my long-term goals, short-term week-to-week, 
not having an issue setting tasks, but it's kind of trying to make some decisions about the middle, given the current climate and my personal circumstances is just trying to figure out what to do. So looking for coping tools, ways to prioritize decisions, see if anyone else is maybe suffering from the same thing. I will call on Adrian. Hi, I'm Adri. I am a probate trust wills guardianship lawyer in Houston, um, focusing on mainly helping individuals or fiduciaries that have some kind of a messy contested problem. My personal win is that my house has been sick for two and a half weeks, specifically me for two weeks. And it was kind of my worst fear come true that, you know, in this climate where we're dealing with COVID and there's all this nervousness about, you know, every little tickle in your throat. And my big fear, you know, as a sole practitioner and a single mom was, oh my gosh, how am I going to survive if something happens to my house? And it did. And we've been sick. But, you know, my staff and my lawyer that helps me with projects, he's, everybody's been great. Everybody pulled their weight and really helped me out. And, you know, I've been able to survive. I will say for a week, I shut down my Calendly link for taking in new clients. And that gave me a little bit of breathing room. But in deadlines and getting things out the door, it still worked. So I think that that's testimony that maybe we could move to Tim Ferriss's like four hour work week. <laughs> um, and what I'd like some help on today, which I love that Rebecca's win is that she has gotten the gold standard for her automation for intake. I am doing a lot of repetitive tasks. My staff is doing a lot of repetitive tasks. I am really interested in learning how to document and automate that intake process. And then also some of these documents that we are routinely doing. So would love to get some feedback and some help on that. Yeah, love it. So let's shift to Jeremy. He has a new, um, his first ever outside the family hire. Congratulations. I know that was a big win for you. And so now tell us a little bit more about what helps looks like today. It took me nine months to get to this point um, of constant procrastination. So um, just getting to this point to where she's uh, working with us and uh, has been a big deal for our team. I think as I suggested in my opening comments, my fear and anxiety right now is me becoming the clog in the drain, so to speak. Our new team member is has great capability, more than we're using in these first three days together. But she's got to integrate with our team, learn our processes and our tools before she can use all of her talents. What we've enabled her to do right now requires me to do some upfront work before she can do her part. So while I feel like bringing on the new team members really helped Sarah, my wife, unload some of her stuff, now I'm just concerned of them waiting on me for work. It hasn't happened yet. It's um, probably just a feeling in the pit of my stomach, but curious about others' perspectives who already have team members have gotten through this first hire and, uh, how they empower team members to do more. And maybe it's just time. I, I could feel completely different next week or two weeks from now than I do today. And uh, just curious about others' perspective on going through this transition to where you have more help and leveraging it better. I think maybe it's a mental shift for you. Instead of thinking of yourself as being the clog in the drain, like look at it as a motivating factor for you. I have noticed that because I'm not going to the office and I am at home and I am totally virtual with my people in the office right now. My legal assistant does it weekly. She schedules that call. So the onus is on her 
to make sure that she's scheduling it. And then I just know before I have that call, like I need to have my ducks in a row. I've gotten used to that. My of counsel attorney, that has been more of a struggle because I found myself like panicking in the moments before we'd have a call to get all of my projects together. But over the last few weeks, I've shifted because it's making me realize that my preparation in making sure that I'm not the clog (laughs) is making me feel better as a practitioner because more work is getting done. Like it's this amazing feeling. And so I'm looking at it instead of, you know, this fear that I'm going to, it is a fear. I'm going to stop the train from moving down the tracks, but it's this inherent pressure that's causing some success in my firm right now. But I think for me, it's been helpful to make those other people responsible for scheduling their call or scheduling their meeting and having it on the calendar so that I know this date, I need to be prepared with my list of projects, issues, new cases, tasks to go over. I was going to say, I've had a similar experience. Um, it took me a long time to, to figure out how to work with other people in the office. I spent the first few years of my career in a remote office where all the assistants and other legal professionals were in another city. And being in an office where I actually had a secretary and, and then another assistant and then an associate attorney, it took me a long time to figure out how to utilize them. But similar to Adrian, I found that just a regular meeting with them where we can go over what are the projects that they're working on, where are they at in the process, what help do they need to complete the assignments they've been given, and at the same time, going over my own task list. These are the things that I have that I'm working on and start to identify. Just by reviewing that list, I can kind of identify, well, this next step here, that's something that really they could do. So as we go over those lists, I can say, well, I I don't have to do all of this. It'll be really easy to just assign a couple of tasks at a time. And then we continue to review their progress and get a better understanding. And one thing that I found with that is they come to understand what I'm working on for clients. And so they can start to identify on their own places where they can jump in and, and help move those projects along. But it's all about communication and two-way communication, really, between you and them to make sure that you understand each other and where you are in the process. No, that's really helpful. I think it's a transition from me thinking I have to do everything and just sharing with them the things that we want to get done for the firm and letting others take a first crack at it instead of me feeling like I have to do or start everything and teach people how to do it. Because there's a lot of projects I don't have to do that I want done that we can probably let other people give their two cents on first. And then I can, we can do feedback. We've got a Tuesday morning meeting weekly scheduled already. So uh, maybe just having that first one next week together will help me feel better. Yeah. I was going to also kind of piggyback on that. I oftentimes will just present my staff with like an issue or a thought process or kind of a something I'm missing in the chain and give them an opportunity to research, think, and bring back to me some solutions. And then I obviously ultimately pick the solution we need. And I mean, I didn't have an official onboarding process. I, I know I should, but really the first probably week or two, my paralegal was on board. I mean, she just spent getting to learn our systems. So she was watching 
videos for my case. And, you know, she was kind of walking through our client journey, which we had like up on the board and she was learning where everything connects and, you know, reading about the firm and that kind of stuff. So a lot of it was just letting her kind of absorb who we are and what we do so that that first meeting was just more like she could understand where we're trying to go so she could understand that. And then that way, when I assign her projects, she has that kind of stuff in mind. I had a question similar to Rebecca's comment. Jeremy, how much of your process have you documented? And, you know, have you done like a handbook or videos explaining these different tasks? Some, and that's going to be some of the stuff that uh, our new team member works on with us. Is she wants to help build that out too as she's going through it. Write down ideas of what would be helpful to her for gaps that we didn't have filled in. But we just have a backlog of work this week. So that's, there's less orientation this week and more working just because I did take those two days off for the July 4th holiday and we're in the middle of busy season. But uh, that orientation piece, I think, will be important. So she does know, and we reinforce and support the conversations we had during the interview process about culture, about who we want to be, how we want to serve clients. And she understands that. I can't just assume everyone knows what's in my mind and knows the conversations that we have in lab. Um, I've got to make sure I'm sharing that with the team in different ways and probably more regularly so they can take that into the projects they do. Yeah. And not just, I mean, the values thing is great and that's great. Like long-term team values. I mean, thinking like short term, if there's a repetitive task and you can just record a video, I've given my paralegal, I don't know, at least maybe half a dozen videos. Like this is how you open a probate click here. So the first time he watched the video and then if you have any questions, so I, he never asked me anything about how do I open a probate? I mean, I, just, I don't get those mechanical questions because there's just a video and you just watch it. So that's my like training suggestion. Uh, yep. I just used the built-in into Mac. It's got the QuickTime player, but it's really easy to shoot that. Yeah, we've got Loom, so uh, we'll continue to do that. It's really helpful. Supercharge your team with the power of Text Expander. Your team can do more with the same resources. Less repetition, fewer errors, and greater consistency will have your team feeling like they've hopped off a bicycle and into a Ferrari. Keep the team consistent, accurate, and current so you can work faster and smarter with Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations to streamline and speed up everything you type. Create powerful snippets to save you time so that all you type is a short abbreviation and Text Expander does the rest for you. Keep your whole team communicating efficiently and with consistent language. Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. And Lawyerist podcast listeners get 20% off their first year. Visit textexpander.com podcast to learn more. Looking for a true alternative to LexisNexis or Westlaw? You could save thousands this year if you switched to Case Text. Over 6,000 law firms from solos to 40% of the AM Law 100 use Case Text to help them find better results in less time and for less money. For $65 per month, you'll get access to 50 state and federal case law, statutes, and more with zero out-of-plan fees. Try the Smarter Legal Research platform. Lawyerist podcast listeners can go to casetext.com slash lawyerist to try Case Text for free for two weeks. Support for today's episode comes from Back Office Betty's, the only virtual receptionist service exclusively dedicated to small law firms that offers a plan with unlimited calls. Their highly specialized service boasts customized call handling, relentlessly friendly team members, and unmatched quality. The Bettys are ready to help you grow your firm even when you're out of the office. Visit backofficebetties.com slash lawyerist to try them out for one week free. Use the promo code PODCAST to receive $150 off your first month. 
All right, let's switch then to Rebecca. Tell us um, a few more sentences about what help looks like today. So when I'm talking my middle decisions, so particular to my situation is my lease issue. I still haven't been able to negotiate a lease and I'm trying to decide if I should. I mean, I've kind of just been since April been paying the month to month rate. And, you know, I've had conversations with a landlord, but they're not, it's actually a property management company, but they're not coming forth with lease terms. And so part of me is like happy about that, right? Because I don't have to make a decision. But then the other part of me is like, I want to know whether or not I have this space for the long term, right? So three to five year lease or whatever is what we were looking at. And so when I'm trying to make this decision, I'm like, if I look out like five years, like, yeah, I'd love to be in that space. But when I look out just like six months, I'm like, I don't really know if I'm going to use this space over the next six months. So that's just an example. <laughs> but like, that's the kind of middle of the road decisions like I'm having trouble with right now, given the circumstances and the unknowns. And I don't know, like, you know, in Southern California, like things have clawed back and things are being shut back down again, you know, because we were actually going to open up this month to have like one day a week in person meetings again. And now we're not going to do that. So I'm just feeling a little stuck right there. I don't know if anyone else is having trouble making those six-ish month decisions. Rebecca, I'm wondering if you've built that team of outside advisors you know, because that lease thing sounds like something a broker could help you with. In Washington, the landlord will pay the broker's commission. And like our broker got us a five-year with the five-year option to renew. And they gave us two free months of rent. And we front-loaded those two free months. So the first two months into our new lease term, we didn't pay any rent. So that's the kind of thing a, a commercial broker should be able to get you to squeeze the landlord a little bit to get that and whatever is, you know, market because they can. But that's one of many things where it's like, when you go to buy malpractice insurance, are you using a malpractice insurance broker? And, you know, mm -hmm. there's a commission on that and there's a fee, but then if they can get you better terms on your malpractice insurance, it usually pays for itself. Yeah. And that's part of it. I mean, part of deciding to do that, to pressure the landlord is part of my indecision <laughs> of whether I should do that or should just coast and let it be what it is now because there's so much uncertainty. Does it feel like COVID is causing some of this uncertainty and making it harder for you to make decisions? Yeah. You know, when you think about like the next quarter, like my goal was to start transitioning some of my work to part of it to my paralegal, part of it to my contract attorney. But I'd really like ultimately to have like my contract attorney come on full time. But I have no idea like if that's going to be a possibility with it. Like the way when things opened up, we got super busy. And as things started to close down, we have like zero appointments again. Like our clients seem to be flowing with that wave. I don't know if it's because the courts shut down, whereas in some places they didn't shut down. I don't know what that dynamic is, but it's just making it very difficult to plan for the immediate future. Yeah, I think this is something everyone's experiencing. So one word is just to say you're not alone it's super hard right now. Like I never imagined we'd live through a pandemic, you know? I mean, if you, in February or, or March, I, you know, we saw this coming, but even with it, seeing it coming, I had no idea it would be this. And then I feel like it's even harder because it's coming in these waves, right? So we just kind of got comfortable with it and it felt like things were starting to open back up and we were getting into a good place. And now here's the next wave of just kidding. We're, <laughs> you know, at least where I live in Atlanta, it's really bad again. So I think, you know, everyone's like, oh, just kidding. That's now we got to shut back down. And that uncertainty 
Like I thought we, I knew what the fall looks like, but now I'm like, I have no idea. And really nobody does, I think. So one message is we feel you, you're not alone in that. So I'm just curious how anyone else in the group, how are you approaching some mid-level decisions, like what you're going to do in the next three to six months, given this uncertainty? I think I'm in just a totally different situation because this has actually created a lot more work for me. Business clients need a lot more advice right now. And I represent school corporations that are preparing to reopen and bring students back in. So the amount of work it's generated for me has almost been overwhelming at times. So I guess I, I don't have any good answers because I'm not dealing with the same issues, I think, as, as some people are. But if I can also kind of posit to you then, Jeff, like if this is a surge in the other direction, are you planning like that's going to last forever? Or are you making decisions on a month-to-month basis? Like, well, it's good now, but I know what study looks like, so I know it's going to go back to there. Or Because that's my thing right now. Like we saw a huge surge of clients, like almost overwhelming for the four weeks in June where things were open and now things have shut down again. And so it's like, okay, I know at some point we're going to get really overwhelmed. How do I prepare for that? And like, you're kind of in the opposite, right? You're getting like overwhelmed and maybe at some point it'll shut down or maybe it won't, you know, it'll come back down and maybe it won't. Like, I guess that's where I'm trying to decide, should I just take this month to month, week to week and try not to worry too much about planning for the future? Control and planning is part of who I am. This might go back to our conversation about Nick's issue. Some of it, I mean, if we're talking about financially, then a lot of it is just trying to budget and plan to smooth out the uh, peaks and valleys. We have some other planning issues that we've been trying to address that, you know, we're just kind of taking this and we've been able to, well, we, we got a PPP loan and put the whole thing in our savings account so that hopefully that helps us with future growth. But if not, it's there for emergencies. Honestly, I'm just trying to keep my head above the water with the client work right now and haven't had a chance to think too much about what's going to happen in six months. Rebecca, I might ask um, if I was in your shoes, how and why do I use real estate? If you're considering making a three to five year commitment on that during this COVID, it's been really fantastic for me. We have an office space, but it's flexible. It's not flashy. To be honest, it's 400 bucks a month. And it's been great when we were working from home to not have that be a stressor. And then as we were working from home and we were considering hiring, we decided we wanted to be a work from home opportunity for our new team members. So I didn't have to grow our real estate expense or commitment when we grew our team. So just consider why and how you use real estate if you're going to make a long-term commitment to it. And our commitment right now is month to month. It's like the best of all worlds. But commercial real estate industry is going to under or experience massive change over the next two years due to this. The leverage is only going to improve for you over time. If landlords could get a commitment out of you today, that's in their best interest, not necessarily yours. I mean, I agree. And that's what everyone keeps telling me. I have the leverage. And I mean, the thing is, there's two reasons I don't want to go up this space. One, it's um, within walking distance from my house. And I love that. But two, it also encompasses the image we have for the firm. So it's retail, it's storefront, it's on a busy street it's going to accommodate walk-in clients when that's a thing again. <laughs> and that's really where we want to go. We want to be that accessible firm where it's not just where a law firm's like not this kind of scary place to be. It's like a retail front where you can just like kind of casually walk in, get some information, maybe sit down with an attorney or not, you know, like kind of 
being like a community resource. So it fits all those bills, but that's at this point, for sure, definitely not till the pandemic is over. And even before that, we were, you know, kind of a year, well, six months (laughs) away from it being that true image. So, and now, you know, I don't know if we have to tack on six months to when this pandemic ends or whatever, but so that's why when I look like two to three years down the road, this is like the perfect space, like so happy I found it, but it's that interim. I'm kind of paying a lot for not, not a lot. I'll add one more quick thing. I think this pandemic experience and work from home experience has accelerated our clients willingness or ability to not only do video calls or phone calls to review documents as opposed to in-person meetings. It's they're embracing it and their perspective of expecting to show up unannounced at eight o'clock in the morning and expecting to be here. That doesn't, I've been fighting that for a little while and that doesn't exist now anymore. People are more willing to schedule an appointment because they don't expect you to be waiting for them unannounced. Uh, The mindsets are changing due to this uh, pandemic experience. Yeah. And honestly, we haven't had anyone want to come in person. If you're going through like our current process requires you to schedule, whether it's online on your own or through our answering service or, you know, whatever these various steps in our automation (laughs) that you can get signed up. And that's all for an online appointment. And no one has any issues with that. It's just, you know, we wanted to create like almost like an in-person community with our space and which is not a thing right now. but I hope it will be in the future. I have one thing. You seem very good at setting goals. Like the fact that you have these long range, you know, five-year goals from what I've heard from you in our masterminds is pretty impressive. And it sounds like you've got your short-term goals really hammered out as well. And so I understand like the discomfort in these middle, but you're so good at doing the bookends. You've got to be able to figure out the middle too. And maybe it's just quantifying all of those middle decisions and then seeing if you can put them into those different buckets of like, what are the pros for the short-term decisions? What are the cons? And then dump them into the long-range bucket. And then you can make a decision based on that. Because it seems yeah. to me you are hyper-organized when it comes to planning. So just use your skills. Yeah, that's actually a really good yeah, idea. That's actually and maybe to really Jeremy's point, you know, think outside the box on negotiating terms, right? We're lawyers. We know that the landlord has an interest to get a commitment from you right now. We also know that nobody knows what the future looks like. Maybe they're willing to give a shorter term lease 18 months or two years so they can lock you in and we see what the world looks like, right? Like I have no idea, obviously. I'm not a broker. I'm not a land real estate expert, but I was just trying to think about, you know, when you know what their interest is and you know what your interest is, there's got to be creative ways to come up with things that we've never thought of before. Like I know when we had to go to renew our warehouse lease, which happened right at the beginning of the pandemic, and we were going to get free rent as well a few months, we ended up saying, can we get our free rent in December? Because at that point, we thought we had PPP money and we needed to spend it on rent now in order to get that loan forgiven, but we still wanted the free rent. So we were kind of thinking outside the box too, like give us our free rent, but let's do it after July. And now they've of course extended it. So it doesn't, that didn't really matter anymore. But you know, we were kind of working in the confines of what we had. So maybe there's opportunity here for everyone. I think every business owner has to start getting really flexible and thinking of things differently. Maybe that's the message of 2020 is we got to press what we know to be the norm because it doesn't feel like the norm right now. And so maybe there's some creative solutions there, but I love what Adri said to you. I think she's right. And so whatever we can do to support you in this, All right, guys. It's been awesome being with you guys today. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you. 
The Lawyer's Podcast is produced by Laura Briggs and edited by Christopher Ng. Are you ready to implement the ideas we discuss here into your practice? Wondering what to do next? Well, here are your first two steps. If you haven't read the Small Firm Roadmap yet, grab the first chapter for free right now at lawyers.com book. Next, if you're looking for help beyond the book, then let's chat about whether our coaching communities are right for you. Head to lawyers.com community to schedule a 15-minute call with our community manager. The views expressed by the participants are their own and are not endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you.